Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Kane's Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. Welcome to this edition of the Kane's Corner Podcast. It's a roundtable edition. Uh, in studio, Brian LeBlanc, managing editor, Kane's Country. You have two different Twitter I do. handles. Actually, I got more than I've got more than two. Re- oh, I've got a bunch of them. Yeah. Burner account. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I've got one that covers Nightdale High School sports. So oh, there I, I you saw. Go. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, so that's as, three. As well. uh, but uh, at Kane's Country, and of course at BD LeBlanc on Twitter, and Corey Lavalette, uh, your editor, North State Journal, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, at Corey Lav on, right. uh, on Twitter. By the way, both of you guys have hockey last names. I absolutely you, do. do. We, yeah. Right? I oh, know you're you're someplace. Yeah. Big time player, the yeah. stud. Oh yeah, he's the good. star. Um, I just remember when the Habs drafted Louis LeBlanc a few years ago, and yeah, man, Brian LeBlanc. My, my phone was just lighting up. Brian LeBlanc is an energy, uh, energy left wing, fourth line <laughs> penalty killer. Oh, you're you're too kind, Corey. Uh, Corey Lavalette. Uh, he's a goalie. I'm a coach because I still get asked if I'm <laughs> if I'm related to Peter. Oh, do you? Oh my God, all the time. That's kind of inaccurate. You're not. Um, <laughs> both for, I just want to get, get it out there. All right. Uh, we're doing this. It's Wednesday. It's 80 degrees. Brian and I wore shorts. Hockey weather. Why didn't – exactly, here in the Carolinas. Why didn't you wear shorts? I don't know why I didn't you wear shorts. You are in shorts. I know, and I'm a big guy, so you'd think I'd be <laughs> but, in but those should, shorts as it, soon as possible. It should be said that only one of us is dressed correctly, though, because you're wearing a hoodie. A long, it's a t-shirt hoodie. But it's still it's long essentially sleeve. It's 80 degrees outside. Yeah, but when I leave, when I leave at the end of the day, it's dark, it's 7 o'clock. Bring it's, a jacket. It's, Good Lord. Uh, well, what's the difference then? Well, you could take the jacket off easier. I... Please don't encourage Adam to go shirtless for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> oh, so uh, I can go Adam Levine, the whole yeah. thing. I oh, my God. Nipples on the radio. <laughs> Nothing's better radio than boy is, nipples. Radio, radio is not a visual medium, and thank <laughs> God for that. nipples on the radio. All right, let's... Uh, I don't like to talk about specific games because it's a podcast and people might be listening to this on Sunday because the next I do these once a week, so uh, they'll listen to it at the end of the road trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're recording this after the Hurricanes played the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I want to start there. Um, what, what what was that last night? That was... <laughs> um, Unexpected? But the way I termed it after the game was... Survived the first, lucky to have the lead because uh, I don't think they were the better team in the first period. But then for 40 minutes, they were significantly better than Pittsburgh, especially in the third period with a two-goal lead when you wouldn't expect it. Uh, other than their two weak power plays, uh, neither power play was very good. Other than that, I mean, 4 nothing. that was ridiculous. Yeah, and, and and not only that, but it was it was a clinic defensively, mm-hmm. like from start to finish. I mean, you start with McElhaney, obviously, and – you know, good for him getting his first shutout. He certainly deserves it the way that he's played this season. And good to see him bounce back from a rough start in his previous start. But 
out beyond there. I mean, Slavin shut Crosby down most of the night, <laughs> I mean, all of the night, really. I mean, right. he didn't get on the score sheet, neither did anyone else. Um, you know, the the pairing of Pesci and Falk seems kind of like an odd couple pairing, but it's working. Right. And that puts Calvin DeHaan, who is not a third-pairing defenseman, on your third pairing. I mean, everything everything just kind of fell into place, and it was one of the better defensive performances that we've seen under Rod Brindamore. And you can kind of see, we've all talked to Rod before about how he just kind of says, you know, things are coming around. Eventually, the numbers may not show it right now, but things are coming around. I think last night is the most concrete example we've seen of that actually being the case. Everything kind of clicked last night from from the offense, you know, scoring at 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 good times, opportune times, to the defense shutting it down, and then McElhaney did the rest. And I mean, f- full credit to him; he he earned every bit of that shutout. Should play every three weeks. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he's done his whole career, pretty much. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is what Rod's been talking about all season. Is this a team that needs to learn how to close out games? And maybe they're learning something here. I mean, mm-hmm. you could see. Um, I think, you know, it may be a little understated, but I think Jordan Martinuk playing in the middle uh, maybe plays a little factor in that because he's a defensively responsible guy. And um, obviously you would take Jordan Stahl in that spot mm-hmm. a million times because of the way he plays. But um, but Martinuk has done a good job there, and he, he you know, I think helps kind of stabilize that bottom six a little bit and give them a little bit of smarts. Not that the other guys aren't smart, but, you know, gives them a little bit of veteran smarts in the bottom six that helps them not make the mistakes, especially with a guy like Svechnikov, who still is prone to drifting a little bit and stuff, <laughs> but he's also prone to driving the net and scoring yeah. goals. Yeah, so. and I think the thing you said there is veteran because they don't really have that in their bottom six right now. Fogel's uh, essentially a rookie. Mina Lennon's, you know, has played, in the, has played professional hockey, but he's an NHL rookie. Um, you know, Svechnikov kind of bounces back and forth. They don't really have that in the lineup, especially at center right now with Stall out. And, you know, I don't think that Martinuk's ever going to convince you or anybody else that he's a full-time center. But if you need him in a pinch, you know, you need him to take a face-off here and there. He's certainly proved, you know, at least capable. You know, face-offs are one of the things that are kind of struggling with Stall out. But aside from that, his defensive play obviously is top-notch. That penalty-killing unit of him and Brock McGinn is really working well. <laughs> and it, you know... And and good and good for them to appropriate a Paul Maurice face, phrase from years ago. And good for them um, because I mean it just it seems like it's working right now, and it may not work forever. But as a as a short term band aid to get them through, you could do a lot worse than what they're doing right now. Speaking of Paul Maurice, is a uh, coaches roundtable on NHL Network. I think it's tonight, so this is Wednesday uh, with Bill Peters. Paul Maurice, well, Paul Maurice, and Kevin Weeks is involved. I, I guess, <laughs> I guess, if you were a former Hurricane, well, was, was, I, I didn't see Peter Laviolette on the panel. Was, was Kirk Muller not yeah. available? I don't think so. Oh, that's I a shame. don't. Uh, he was probably out. Somewhere. Maybe, maybe Pierre Maguire can Kool Aid his Kool Aid man his way in. Um, okay, so both of you mentioned uh, Jordan Stahl. I was going to wait on this for a little bit, and I want to get to the road trip. Uh, right now, Carolina down the middle is Aho, Walmark, Martinook, Greg McKegg. That doesn't sound like a playoff lineup no, far from at center. Right. Um, but they obviously have played really well with that configuration down the lineup. The record without Jordan is 13-8-2. People look at that and go, see, they don't need him. I say, Really? Yeah. Are you watching games? Yeah, there's I mean, there 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 are things that <laughs> there are things that one correlates to the other and then there are things that, you know, it's 80 <laughs> degrees outside and it's snowing somewhere in Idaho today. Right. You know, they have no correlation and that's one of them. So, um I think what we have learned though is that Jordan Stahl playing 13 minutes a game might be better 
for this team than Jordan Stahl playing 20 minutes a game. And if they get back, if, 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 and I think it's a big if at this point, you know, the people that I have talked to know better than 50 50 that mm-hmm. we see number 11 on the ice at all this year. Mm-hmm. But if he does, and he's working out and he's skating a little bit, but nothing with the team, um, if he does come back, I mean, fourth line center, which is really what they want to get to as an organization anyway. Yeah, Jordan, just take Greg McKegg out of the lineup. Not, not, nothing against Greg McKegg. But put Greg McKegg in the press box, put Jordan Stahl between Fogel and Manalainen, and that's a much better fourth line for what you want a fourth line to be. And you, the, the other thing is is you're not hurting anybody's feelings in the process, too. Like, Jordan's a team guy, so I don't think he would ever, you know, wherever he's going to play, he's going to be fine. He's not going to uh-huh. be a, a I-need-my-minutes I guy. Uh, yeah, he came here under the premise of, you know, I want to be a top two center. I don't want to be behind two guys. But I'm sure he realizes at this stage in his career you know, he just wants to fit in and be on a winner, especially after not winning here. Um, so it, you never want to see a guy hurt, obviously, especially stuff like this is terrible. But um, as far as a best-case scenario, if he does come back, it's good to be able to ease him in. You don't have to say, mm-hmm. Jordan, we need you to – you know, Miku Koivu got hurt for the Wild last night. If he comes back in three weeks, they're not going to say, hey, Miku, you know, go ahead and play on the fourth line. <laughs> they're going to say, Miku, we need you back in the, in the top six. Right. Um, so – in a sense, it's a best-case scenario that you could put him in that role, let him ease his way back in. Certainly, if he's having a good night or whatever, you could play him more minutes. There's nothing that says, you you know, if you're the third-line guy, and, and Rod's certainly shown that he's willing to play the lines that are playing better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how Lucas Walmark ended up with the role he's ended up with. Um, so, in a way, if, if Jordan can come back, and hopefully he can, because, this, like I said, this stuff's scary stuff, and uh, it's good to see the league and, and the team and, and everyone take it a little more seriously these days. Uh, you know, it might not be the worst thing for him to, to start out in that role. And if, if he improves and, and all that, then great. Give him more minutes. And he can still kill penalties and all right. that. He'd all, kill do- penalties and he'd get power play time mm-hmm. because because he's still an elite face-off guy. And if he comes back, yeah, maybe uh, it'll take a while to get back to where he was. But, I mean, that's still that's one of the things that Carolina has become bad at. I mean, they used to be really good. They were a top-10 mm-hmm. face-off team yeah. with Jordan Stahl and their – I mean, they're arguably one of the worst, if not the worst, team in the league now. Well, I mean, when you go back to the list of centers that you rattled off about two minutes ago, Ajo's in his first full season right. at center. Walmart hasn't done it for very long. Martinuk's a fill-in. McKeg is kind of, you know, a quad A, you know, bounce back and forth type of guy. They don't have someone like Jordan Stahl. Keep in mind, I mean, the one thing that they lost with, by trading Victor Rask was a secondary face-off guy. Mm-hmm. He was never Jordan Stahl, but he wasn't terrible. I mean, he'd win 50, usually 50, 51% of his draws, which right now they're not getting. So mm-hmm. essentially you're down your two, the, the two guys you were going to count on as face-off guys to begin the season. One is now in Minnesota, and the other's on the shelf for God knows how long. So, you know, it's it really is just kind of scrambling to make do with whatever you have. But to Corey's point, I think where you could use Stall is, you know, if you need him for a late-period face-off win or something like that, you know, you, you absolutely have to yeah. win a face-off. Just get him out there, win the face-off, clear the zone, and then he goes off for somebody else. There's no problem with him taking, you know, 10-second shifts to do that. But like he said... You know, I, I've heard the same things you have that 
it may not happen. Yeah. You know, it's it's entirely possible that it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then that's that could well be the Achilles heel of this team because it's so predicated on puck possession that when you don't have it, we've seen this. You know, you end up kind of running around chasing your tails in your own zone before you can clear it. And before 15 seconds is done, it might be in the back of your net. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it, it's important in overtime. Go yeah. out, Jordan, win the faceoff. Get off the ice. I mean, he's kind of useless to me in overtime because he's not fast and he's not offensively gifted. So, I mean. But he still plays a role. Right. Go win the draw, and then let's get somebody out there who can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, we have uh, Brian LeBlanc from Canes Country and Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, in studio for the Canes Corner podcast. Uh, Corey, uh, what is a successful road trip? This is such a dumb question, uh, but it, it kind of – sparks other conversations about where the Hurricanes are in terms of a playoff run. Uh, they they picked up two points. I don't care if they're unexpected in some people's eyes or not. Uh, they need a lot of points out of this trip. So what is a successful road trip? Just winning in Madison Square Garden, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just Touché. for the psyche of the entire franchise. Do you know um, when they lost there the last time? It, be, it was exactly 3,000 days since they had last won there. Holy exactly. Cow. Wow, God, that's like a Chuck Caton reference. Like I did this the is broadcast number. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, you'd you'd hope that they can get nine altogether. I mean, these are not necessarily good teams. Um, Buffalo, uh, you know, again, we're we don't want to talk too much about games that just happened, but Buffalo did, despite blowing a third period lead last night, did end up winning uh, in a shootout. Right. But that's a team that's not playing very well. By the time they get to Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa could have nobody left anymore. Who knows where that's going with Mark Stone True. and Matt Duchesne uh, and Cody Cece. I mean, you know, Craig mm-hmm. Anderson, all of them could be gone. You, you just don't know. Uh, New Jersey's not a good team. You know, uh, the Rangers aren't aren't a good team, and they're not particularly playing well either. And they're, so. they half their team's on the block, too. Right. So, I mean, you really – I hate, you know, everybody's saying make hay, but that seems to be the hashtag. You need, to, you need to get it done on this trip, right? You need to have – you would hope you come out of it with eight points, maybe nine, especially after beating Pittsburgh, uh, to do anything less than get seven of eight here. It may not be a disappointment. You may run into a hot goalie. You may run into a fluky play here or there. If you can get if you get eight overall, you know, it's not the end of the world, but um, you can come back at home and be really excited about where you're at if you can get a whole bunch of points against bad teams because the schedule doesn't get easier than this five-game road trip, even though right. it's on the road. What if they get eight points and lose ground? Well, and see, I, that, that kind of goes. That kind of goes to what I was. The out of town scoreboard was unkind. Except Pitt, I heard Pittsburgh lost. Yeah, oh, last did night. they? I heard Pittsburgh. How about lost. big, yeah. big if true? Um, I, I actually don't measure this road trip in terms of number of points that they earn. I measure it in terms of how far out they are at the end of it. Because I mean, there. I know we don't like to kind of project onto other teams, but the fact of the matter is that the Hurricanes have to jump over at least two teams. Regardless of how many points they get, they also need some teams to fall back to the pack. Columbus is floundering a little bit. I yeah. know they beat the Avalanche, but who knows? So what's, is. So they're are, also so fl- are a lot of yeah. yeah. So are yeah. a lot of other teams. Um, and I mean even even Pittsburgh, who the Hurricanes beat last night, uh, they're kind of teetering a little bit. They made a big deal to bring Bugstad in, so they're trying to shore things up. I think if the Hurricanes are going to come out of this road trip successful, they need to be no more than two points out of a playoff spot when they get back home here next Friday. If they're in that spot, no matter how many points they get, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. The other thing to keep in mind is that the Hurricanes are making up a lot of uh, games in hand here, especially on teams like, uh, especially on teams below them. They still are going to have some teams 
above them that have games in hand on them. Yeah. And so, you know, you can't be too far out of shouting distance when you will have played, I think, 58 games by the end of this road trip and other teams have, you know, played 55, 56. So if they're if they're two points out at the end of this road trip, given the fact that they still have to play the Penguins two more times, they still have, I believe, one more against the Rangers. They've got one more definitely against – they've got actually um, two more against the Flyers, mm-hmm. I believe. So they're – the season against them. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of teams that are going to be right there, and God, the Flyers are just, you know, are, are incinerating right now. Um, there are a lot of teams there that once those games in hand get settled are going to turn into must-win games. So the Hurricanes have to be in touching distance of those teams, mm-hmm. uh, even considering the games in hand, to be able to make that next step. Whether that requires seven points, whether it requires eight, nine points, whatever, probably doesn't matter quite as much as, as it does where they are in the standings when they get back to play Edmonton next Friday. See, I, I actually i have gotten out of the habit of looking at points. I, I only look at how many points, how many uh, games are you over 500? Mm-hmm. And Carolina's five over, Buffalo is six over, so just ahead of them. Columbus and Pittsburgh are both nine over. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally believe that Pittsburgh is not a target, <laughs> although I think they're flawed. I think without Malkin, I think we saw last night that Bukestad playing 2C, they ain't that good. Yeah. Because yeah. their defense He's is not great. He's over Broussard, but not by much. Yeah, no, yeah. I, was, I don't even think Broussard was playing 2C for them. No. Right? He was he was uh, buried further down the lineup. So they're going to struggle without Malkin in the lineup being a second center. Um, but I do think Columbus is vulnerable. I wanted to think Montreal was, but maybe not. Maybe because Car- Carey Price is on one right now. Mm-hmm. and Has been all year, really. Well, I mean. Started the season slow. And yeah, then, yeah. He, his for 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 him to be as hot as he is, and his numbers are still kind of pedestrian. Like his numbers aren't that different than Curtis McElhinney mm-hmm. right now. Right. Um. But he's been so hot lately. So maybe okay. Carry Price is Carry Price. Montreal's so. had the success. Has had the uh, good fortune of having different parts of their team peak at the right times. Yeah. In the first part of the season, when Price was you know pedestrian. They were scoring the lights out. Now they're not scoring quite as much as they were, but Price is coming in to to cover them, and they're winning games two to one and three to two. So if you've got, I mean, if you've got that going for you, ride it as long as you can, and if you do happen to get everything clicking, all the better. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think Columbus right now is the is the target. That's the target, and no I think I think Columbus is uh, just a dumpster fire because it's terrible right now. It, it's and it's not about Panarin. There, no, I don't he's know, been great. He's I don't know fantastic. that they're going to trade Panarin. I wouldn't if I were them. Um, no, because honestly, I mean, first of all, they could get a lot. Yeah. And if they get a lot, I, I, I understand it. If you get a roster player back, fine. But I wouldn't trade him for futures because what's the point? At some point, that, that club's got to win a playoff series. And the, is the it only, important to win a playoff series, or is it important to, to in, in that put yourself market, in position is, to win a cup? In that, in that market, as many rebuilds as they've been through, I mean, think about where this market would be right now if they had won a playoff series in 2013, just to throw mm-hmm. a number out there. It'd be so much different. The Blue Jackets are almost 20 years old. They've never won a playoff series. I know. And that's why I thought way the, when gonna, the Capitals matched up against them last year, it was that was their perfect chance for Washington. That was their chance. And they were up the three to one. <laughs> they, they, they were up three to one and then right. blew it. Yeah. And I mean, a team that has Panarin on it 
is much more likely to win a playoff series than one that doesn't. They're not going to win the cup this year, but they weren't going to win the cup with Panarin or without him. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So hang on to him as your as your deadline acquisition, so to speak, and make as much not to not to steal your phrase, but make as much hay as you can. Ooh, we're making hay. Thank you. Hey, lots of hay. Hey, I own hey horses, now. man. We need hay. <laughs> let me ask you. Can I can I let me ask a question about this? If you're Don Waddell, would you rather see Columbus trade Artemi Panarin or keep him? I don't think Panarin's the problem. No, he's not. Bobrovsky is the problem. I would like to see him trade. But I'd like if, to see no, him trade. I don't if, want him to see him trade Bobrovsky. If, but oh, if, no, I'm talking about oh. Panarin. But if Panarin doesn't get traded, that's going to boost the market for Michael Furland, who I think we can all agree is mm. looks like he's 95% gone. Um, I'd almost be like, let them keep let them keep Panarin. Let's not worry about Columbus too much. Like, I, think yeah, I think they're going to keep Panarin. Yeah, I mean they they very well might. I mean we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean if somebody like Nashville comes in and says we'll give you a first round pick and Ily Tovanen and, and some other guys, then then maybe they do it. Well, the the uh, Predators just traded for Brian Boyle. They did about an hour ago. Yeah. So as we record here, so absolutely. Um, so that probably takes one team out of the running for Furland. You'd have that to folds think. into our conversation a little bit because yeah. if they got a a second round pick for Brian Boyle. Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, Brian Boyle's what. Fine. Four C. Yeah, he's yeah three he's, he's three a, three on a good he's day. A, yeah, yeah, he's four on a good team. Three on a you know he's three on a average team. Four on a bad you know. But he's good team guy and all that all right. that jazz and everything. So I mean, a they good, got a second round pick for him. He's basically mm-hmm. what they. He's basically Mike Fisher. He's the same guy they got last year when Fisher came back and decided to <laughs> unretire without the carry under. That seems like it was about five years ago. Doesn't I know it, it does. It does. <laughs> Hey, so. What are you saying about Mrs. Boyle? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't even know what Mrs. Boyle. Come on, <laughs> but she definitely doesn't have any gold records. Fair. I bet not very fair to uh, to Mrs. Boyle. All right, so I am not advocating for this, but if it's important for Columbus to win a playoff series, isn't it just as important for the Hurricanes to make the playoffs? Absolutely, no. It's not. Okay, I'm, not I'm, at the expense I'm, of Michael Furland. I'm not arguing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the debate yet. Okay. All right. If Furland helps you make the playoffs, and it remains to be seen whether or not they'll make the playoffs if they don't do anything or not, um, doesn't that have value based on what you might get in return? Brian Boyle got a second round pick. If that's your return for Michael Furland, is that a trade you make? I don't think if you get a second-round pick for him, then you might just say, well, we're, we're better off. But I think the market's going to be better for him than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, it, it's all it, it's the same deal we're, thing we're dealing with with Sebastian Ajo, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. The whole right. contract thing is you've got somebody else setting the market for you. So with Panarin out there, there's a different market than if he's not out there. So if, if Wayne Simmons and Michael Furlan are the two best rentals on the market – then by all means you're going to get a good return. If Panarin and then all of a sudden Taylor Hall's on the market and you know it gets crazy and people start trading a whole bunch of players, then Michael Furlan doesn't become as important to the mm-hmm. other teams, uh, even though he brings a different element than what than what those guys do. Um, so uh, you know I I think the way the market looks to me now, I think you just can't walk away. I think that's what from what I've heard from the team they're they're like we can't let this guy go away for nothing right um even though Ron Francis is gone the mentality is still the same <laughs> which is taking shots which no 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 this is a serious <laughs> like even though Ron is gone I think the mentality is still the same of we don't want to make it once we want to make it right a, an annual perennial thing and 
keeping a guy that you can get an asset for, even if you go and then you turn that asset into a player. I mean, if you get a first-round pick for Michael Furlan, nothing says you can't go and call up another team and get a better player with term right. or or a similar player with term left. Uh, do you need – I you know, Nina Ryder's done a good – I mean, that's a great acquisition. They got better with him. Yeah. So um, I – I think it's okay to move him. I mean, he's he's not making a big impact right now. I mean, he had right. Um, you know, he scored an empty net goal, so I guess that's good. But um, they all, I, they I, all count, Corey. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, I agree. He is. Um, this is kind of the Michael Furlan pattern, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, is that his? He scores in like buckets. Bucket. Yeah, and then it's dry. And then he comes back and he scores a bunch. We haven't seen anything like the Michael Furlan we saw the first month and a half of the season. Now, the injury probably had something to do with that. Uh, Not playing with Ajo and Tara Vinen a lot, even when he came back, has a lot to do with that. Maybe he's only a a bona fide, uh, you know, 20-goal-a-year guy playing with two elite players because he scored most of his goals last year with Goudreau and Monaghan. Mm -hmm. And then when he was moved off that line, he dried it up, up. Yep. Right. which is, I guess, not a not a surprise. Maybe he's just a third line wing. He's a third line guy that can pitch in in the, in the right situation to contribute more than that spot. Here's the thing with Furland. At some point, the Hurricanes are going to have to decide whether or not, and to Corey's point, making the playoffs, simply making it, is worth it. I think that the chances obviously are much better with Michael Furland on the roster than by moving him for something, unless that's another roster player, which I don't think they would get for him. So why would it why would it be so urgent to move on him when you really kind of need what he does to put a run together? I mean, I know he hasn't been scoring goals necessarily, but Rod's talked about it before. This is a different team with Michael Furland in the lineup. When he's not there, you see a lot more guys taking shots mm-hmm. at guys like Svechnikov and Ajo. Um, you know, he's he's not a deterrent in, in like the Matt Cook sense, but he is a deterrent to other guys yeah. on the roster. You know, he'll he'll go out there and kind of, you know, just stand there and Give him, give him the evil eye and say, don't do that. And that is enough of a deterrent to allow guys that they need to be scoring to do what they need to be doing. I I tend to agree with Corey that if there's a deal out there that will net them something significant, that you make it. But I don't think that this is a, this is a deal in the sense, well, we're not going to sign him after the season. Everybody pretty much has accepted that at this point, and we've got to get whatever we can for him. I'm not sure I completely buy into that because – you know, again, this team is better with Furlan than without him. And unless you get something back in return that is either going to be usable to flip for another asset or will be something significant going into the future, and I don't really rate a second round pick as significant mm-hmm. in the future. I agree. Yeah. Um, then then why don't you just hold on to him, accept the fact that you're going to lose him, and start you know looking for guys that might be able to come in over the summer and take that roster spot. We didn't realize, I don't think, how much we needed a guy like Michael Furland until he got here. Now that we see that, I mean, this team had been crying out for a player like that mm-hmm. for years. Now that we see what a difference it makes, it would be malpractice to not go after a guy like that in the summer if it's not Furland, then it'll be someone else you've got to fill that role but if you accept that he's not coming back you can start doing you know doing the hard work of identifying that in february march or so it's not going to be you get to the draft and say oh my god what do we do you know go ahead and start making those plans right now plan one step ahead but accept what it is in the present i think they would be they would be remiss to 
miss out on what could be a playoff run. It may not be, but it could be. This is the best chance that they have to do it is by keeping Furland. Both, uh, I think, actually, both answers are correct. Well, thank it's entirely, you. Look, look no, at you. Look at you riding both sides of the <laughs> no, fence. No, because it's entirely about the return. If the yeah. return is good, if the return is uh, a first-round pick and a prospect or a first-round pick and a roster player. Mm-hmm. Even then, bottom six. Then, then yeah. yeah. Then it's a deal you make 100 times Agreed. in a row because the first-round pick carries a lot of value. And, I mean, I don't even care who it is. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Tampa. Um, but, you know, if it's it's going to be a team probably in the middle of the pack. Mid-20s, and that's fine, yeah. right? That's okay mm-hmm. um, because you still have your own first-round pick. So you, having two of those, hey, look, this is apparently a great draft. Uh, I mean, I know I've heard Jim Rutherford talk about how much he loves this draft, which is why they don't want to give up uh, their own number one pick, which I bet they do. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's such Jim, a thing, that's such Jim a Rutherford. thing as a track record, right. Jimmy. Yeah. That's Jim <laughs> Rutherford. Um, but it, so if the return is good, I think you move him regardless of where you are. Heck, if they're, if they're four points inside the line at that point and you can, you can get – a first-round pick and uh, and a player, a roster player or a prospect for him, you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the example that I always go back to, it's not quite a comp because it's a defenseman instead of a forward, but Kevin Shattenkirk from a couple years ago when he was traded from St. Louis to the Rangers. Right. That was, um, you know, the Blues ended up making the playoffs mm-hmm. that year, even though they let their number one defenseman go. So, you know, and I think they did get a first round for him or first rounder for him, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Yeah. Plus a prospect. So if you get that kind of return, absolutely you make it. There is actually precedent of making that kind of deal and still making the playoffs. Right. But if you don't get it, I don't think there's really any harm at this point because we've all gotten over, like I said, the initial shock of, you know, there's not going to be, he's not going to sign here. We're past that now. So now you focus on what the best way is to get into the playoffs and hanging on to him, even if it means losing him from nothing, maybe the best way to get in there because long-term, Michael Furlan's probably not going to be part of this team. And I'm talking long-term wait. five, six years. But what if he only ends the season with 15 goals? Then he's not getting $6 million over five years on the open market, and it's more along the lines of what this team would be really comfortable with, mm-hmm. which is like three times four. Well, there's there's nothing saying that they can't re-sign him either on on July first right. if they wanted to right. with the exactly. right number. Exactly. Because so it all. I mean, I think they look at Furlan as a guy they would love to have if the number is right, and I don't think they care what the goals are at the end of the year. They like what he brings to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Furlan ended the year with 23 goals. He's going to end it's up a, with a thirty a million dollar deal on right. the open market, and they're not uh, they're not willing to do that. One more uh, one more trade uh, conversation, uh, and then we'll talk about the uh, the uh, the Austin Matthews contract and how that might impact Sebastian. I have Brian LeBlanc from Canes Country, Corey Levelette, North State Journal. Uh, Corey Brett Pesci's playing the left side. He scored two goals playing the left side now. Sniper. Uh, he is uh, he is a massive offensive piece. I'm not sure why he's not quarterbacking the first power play. Uh, although right now, I mean, all, ev- literally any defense with a pulse could probably right. quarterback the top power play unit. Everything uh, should be on the table when it comes to the power play. Uh, when when I saw Pesci playing the left side, two things stuck out at me. One, while he is not, when you look at him, elite athlete material, 
I, Joe Flacco right. is Brett Pesci elite. <laughs> uh, other than Slavin, I think he's their best athlete on defense. He has done a very good job on the left side. Um, but to me, it said, if we move Pesci here, there is no longer a demand for us to move one of our top right defensemen, Pesci, Hamilton, who's playing his best hockey of the year right now, right. and Falk, who continues great last night, and he's had some clunker games like everybody, mm-hmm. but Falk has been the defenseman that we all hoped he'd become. Of course, it's come at the expense of his offense, apparently, but still, like right. I've, I've joked, he's turned into Glenn Wesley. <laughs> Somewhere along the lines, he turned into Glenn Wesley, which is both a compliment and a, and a knock. Uh, but with Pesci playing left, suddenly you have an expendable right defenseman in Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who... Man, that's a fourth-round pick waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Trevor, bye. Thank you very much. Love you. Uh, shout out to the Catamounts of, uh, or no, the Wildcats the of Wildcats. UNH. Yeah. Um, but will Brett Pesci and Warren Fogle allow that? <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew Podorowski from yep. uh, from yep. the Checkers. Um, but Adam Fox needs a place to play. So, I mean, to me, it's an easy move if they wanted to do. If the, if that's why the Pesci thing said a lot more to me. Than just trying to shake things up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you don't. You don't. Let me, let me let me let me get Corey's on. I dressed Corey on that. <laughs> Go ahead and shut my mic off. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you need a you need some kind of carrot for uh, for Adam Fox for sure. I mean, I I, I think if you look Ryan's at feelings are hurt. I know. I think if you uh, if you look at that trade, it. it you know, at the beginning, everyone was kind of like the Hurricanes won this trade, and now everyone's kind of like, oh my God, Calgary's gotten you know amazing output from Elias Lindholm, uh, and Noah Hannafin's been what Noah Hannafin is, uh, and then he's good, yeah, and then Furlan's going to game winner on Sunday. Furlan's going <laughs> to Furlan's going to be uh, likely oh, gone. Oh right, I'm sorry. Furlan's going to likely be gone. Dougie Hamilton is like you said better now. Um, but Adam Fox is the key to that trade, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I think that you know that's what the Hurricanes held out for was we're not going to make this trade unless we get Adam Fox, who doesn't want to supposedly play in Calgary anyway. Uh, so I mean, I think you need a carrot for him on some level. I, everything I hear, if, if they feel like they're going to get it done, um, but you want to, you know, you saw this with you know Jack Johnson was was in the lineup last night for Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to he didn't want to sign in Carolina and ended up you know forcing his way out and. Uh, you want to be careful. You don't want to alienate a top prospect. And right now, you know, he's one of their top two or three prospects. Uh, and certainly, they're, I think, their top defensive prospect, even above Jake Bean. Oh, yeah. No um, so, uh, yeah, I think you want to you want to get him. Uh, do you Does he jump right into the lineup? I mean, if you're in a playoff race, do you want a guy who's never played at this speed at all, you know, never even seen a, a preseason game mm-hmm. jumping in? I mean, maybe. I mean, it doesn't. You could always kind of black ace him, so to speak, and scratch him and have him there and practicing, and then see how he looks. But yeah, I think they certainly want to. You know, they want to get that done. That's a that's a big, big part of that trade, and he's a a big piece of what they can do going forward on defense. And if it's at the expense of Trevor Van Riemsdyk, then I mean, I was a little surprised at the number Trevor Van Riemsdyk got in the offseason anyway, salary wise. So. Uh, especially because you knew he was their number six right. slash number seven. I mean, you had another guy there that could be, you know, in Flurry who could play, who's you know six slash seven, even if he 
is cursed with goal scoring or whatever. <laughs> um, Only in this league, though. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, he doesn't have a lot of AHL goals. Yes, but he has more than zero, which right. is my point. <laughs> he scored in his, didn't he score in his last yeah. AHL game? Yeah, he scored yeah, uh, and then and then got called up, and they were shut out one nothing in overtime. Yeah. That's so there you go. They need they, they need Hayden Flurry. Right. They need what, his goal score. All right, Brian. What's your? Uh, I don't even remember the question. I don't either. We're talking about Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is just going off the no, rails, it's isn't fine. it? It's fine. So here's the thing with Fox. the The way that you're going to get him to sign to Corey's point is to have that that open roster spot and say, if you sign now. You're going to come up here. We're going to play you for as long as we can until we either make the playoffs or we're eliminated. And then you're going to go to Charlotte and play as many games mm-hmm. on the top pairing for 20 minutes a game as you can. Um, that's that's the ultimate game plan, I'm pretty convinced. Um, if moving Trevor Van Riemsdyk allows that to happen, then fine. To your point earlier, that's the prototypical depth defenseman that gets traded you know, at 257 on deadline day. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even in fact, even if Adam Fox wasn't a consideration, I give thought to doing that because of Hayden Flurry. Absolutely. Right. And so there's you're not really losing anything of significant. I mean, of course he's going to listen to this and then never talk to us again. You're not really losing just, anything just to of, you. Yeah, thanks. Of, of <laughs> significant. Well, apparently neither of you want to talk to me either. So you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you're not really losing anything of significant value off the current roster. Um, you know, in wow, the sense that. Wow, I didn't that, go there. Uh, well, you basically, you called. Trevor Van Reem's like worthless. <laughs> we called him a six-seven defenseman. What's a six-seven defenseman? It's supposed Wait, to spend half the season in the press some box. Some value. He does have That's some why value. Why being so harsh on Trevor Van Reem's day? He's a nice oh, boy. boy. <laughs> he is. Oh boy. Well, now that now that I'm apparently going to be persona non grata in <laughs> nah, the Hurricanes it... locker room, I can say what I really think now. Uh, <laughs> so you know if if. If by doing that you're going to open up a spot for Adam Fox, that's fine. Fox isn't coming until after the Frozen Four. Right. So you're looking at at, at the earliest mid-March, mm-hmm. probably later than that. I mean, you're probably looking at no more than maybe five or six games that they would have actually still in a playoff race, even if by that point it's either pretty much solidified or a pipe dream, and and then you're moving on. I don't think that there's necessarily a time crunch to to do that, but I do think that... Um, that it does open up a lot of flexibility because the Hurricanes, as you've said, are blessed with a lot of right-shot defensemen, which a lot of teams don't have. So, you know, being able to do this, and like I said earlier, Calvin DeHaan's not a third-pairing defenseman, yet that's where he is right now, playing right. about 13 minutes a night. There's nothing wrong with that, but at some point, this this numbers crunch is going to have to resolve itself one way or the other. And if by doing that, if by resolving that crunch, you can also open up a spot for Fox, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, look, I, I think they will. Yeah, we all know DeHaan's not a 5-6. A no. no. Right. No. He's 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 going to be on your second pair forever. Uh, so yeah, and uh, I love Calvin Dahan, and I think he's uh, last night against Pittsburgh. He looked particularly dangerous offensively, which fine. I mean, he's no Brett Pesci, but uh, who is at this point? Uh, but look, I I think that um, Fox Fox needs to know that there is a spot for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Gleason has who's now the like the the de- defensive coach, if yeah. you will, he was he was what Glenn Leslie was for years, right? Right, uh, and Gleason was, of course, the return for Jack Johnson. Was Jack Johnson better than the best of Tim Gleason? Pretty close, close, pretty right? similar. I don't know that he he never had a play like Gleason had, where the you know slide to keep the puck in at the blue line and and score the game right? and goal. So yeah. 
Uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> Johnson at his best is better than Gleason at his best, but I think Gleason was more consistent yeah. for a longer time. And, and he was the Michael Furland aspect right. that we mm-hmm. had been talking about earlier, yeah, was but, that he was a scary person that and, would probably pop your head off his shoulders. And I don't know that to. Probably Johnson, still would. Well, he probably yeah. would. I don't know that Johnson was ever as good a teammate. Right. As no, Gleason no, was. Gleason was as good a, sh- a soldier right. as you're going to find. So, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty good trade that Rutherford engineered. So, uh, Jim, you're discounting Oleg Tverdovsky in all of this. No, that wasn't Tverdovsky. That it was, was it not? Uh, it was what? Uh, God, the Quebec center. What's his name? Uh, who's the guy from the Quebec? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, there was a center who played like 60 either. games, hated it in Carolina, and they traded. Oh, him. Eric Belanger. Eric Belanger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Belanger. Wee wee. That's a hockey name. Sacre bleu. Uh, yeah, right yeah you right. talk about LeBlanc. That Eric <laughs> Belanger might let's, be the Let's close on this. It's been, uh, I don't know, five minutes or so. Uh, Austin Matthews signed a massive contract, uh, five years, $11.6 million per year. 11.634. Yeah, I'm just rounding. No, I, I realize that, the base, but the three poor is important, Adam. <laughs> the base salary is only $750,000. Right. Basically, <laughs> minimum salary, but all signing bonus. Yep. That brings a different part of the conversation in yeah, yeah. uh it brings a collective bargaining conversation in which is going to be had uh at the league level very soon the league's not happy about this i promise you because it does create the haves and have nots with toronto or a team like, detroit yeah Chicago, any any else. team that has uber deep pockets can do this and look hey what if we lock out you still get paid it's an it's an enormous advantage. There's mm-hmm. going to have to be some some movement to maybe cut that in half. Maybe only half of a salary can be, uh, you know, a total annual value can be in in terms of a signing bonus. But with that said, the five years is what jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. I'm not Sebastian Ajo and Austin Matthews are not in the same stratosphere when it comes to total annual uh, average annual value. Mm-hmm. But the five years to me was intriguing because I've always wondered. Like, look at what the NBA does. All the best players, they sign short deals mm-hmm. without opt-outs after a year. Well, I think the I think the longest deal you can sign in the NBA is five years. Yeah. Isn't right, it? right, and that and that's significant mm-hmm. to me. Baseball is going to go through this whole thing again when they have their collective bargaining agreement um, uh, redone, but th- that doesn't exist now in the NHL. You can sign a, a what, eight. A, a, eight eight if right. you're with your team. Seven if you're if you weren't. You know if you're a newcomer to. You're but for agent. Matthews to accept five, if you're Sebastian Ajo, wouldn't you like to be a free agent at 27? Oh yeah, yeah. You'd want to get two paydays, right? For sure. Yeah. So, what is Sebastian? What what ultimately are we looking at? I know Tom Dundon wants eight years for Sebastian. I don't blame him for mm-hmm. wanting eight years. Oh yeah. The number he floated to me. Uh, two months ago, there's no chance. There's a better chance of that for five years. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm not even sure. Uh, they wanted, uh, I think they wanted eight, uh, 50 over eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not, no chance of that. Not a chance. Not, not a chance. Happening. So, there's no way. <laughs> right. I mean, he's... Well, the number, for, the number for Matthews was being floated as 14 if he had signed for eight years. I mean, it would have right. been it would have been astronomical, even more so than eleven point six three four. And to be fair, that deal works for Toronto because they want to have a window of, of four or five mm-hmm. years where they can have all their horses to kind of to use Nino Nita Rider. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, but but that's their they're window not going now. to. That's but their that's, window now. But that's, that's I mean that's if they can you know they're going to have to lose somebody whether it's Kapanen or, or Nylander or you know they're obviously going to lose Jake Gardner, but um, you know that's I think that's the general you know. 
uh, idea is by you taking eleven and he million. Ron Hainsey f- too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the, most that, of the Toronto that faithful. ship sailed. On, that ship sailed on July first when John Tavares signed there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think the idea is you've got that five-year window where you can, you know, if he's at fourteen million now, all of a sudden Mitch Marner's number is going to go up because mm-hmm. Mitch is going to say, "Hey, I've got more points in this guy," even though he's not a center, he doesn't score goals like Austin Matthews does, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think that you know it, it gives them a, a thing to say. Well, we can't pay you more than Matthews, even if we give you eight years, we can't give you, you know, twelve million dollars or whatever. What's Marner's number going to be? Um, Seven. I, it's just hard eight? to know. A, a, a million a year. I think you started eight and a half. Right. I, okay. I think, I think you started eight and a half, and wouldn't shock me if you get nine, nine and a quarter. I think it just depends on, on what, the length, again well, what the length of the deal is. If if, if you buy nine. a bunch of UFA, if it's if it's eight years, or if it's or if it's nine million, you mean? If if let let's go with let's start with nine million. If it's nine million, then next year they're going to have roughly forty nine million dollars tied up in five forwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forty nine million in five forwards, and then more than half wanna, the cap. And then if you want to throw Freddie Anderson in there, it's right. signed at what three, four and a half, right. I think. It doesn't. That doesn't count. Kadri, who they're paying four and a half million a year, who's a bargain at four and a half million yeah. a year. Yeah, they, they are going to have to move somebody. somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep Kadri. Yeah, at four or, and a half or, million. I think it may be Nealander. You know, mm-hmm. it could be Nealander who they yeah. have to let go of. So that's certainly a possibility. <laughs> so you held out for an entire for. Until December first. Well, we've seen this happen before. It happened with Joe Thornton back in the day. I mean that that deal wasn't it? I think. I don't. Know. What's that? When Joe Thornton was traded from Boston to San Jose, hadn't he just signed a brand new contract that previous mm, I summer? I don't really. Recall. I think he had. He may, he may have. But... I think he had, and they and they moved on him. Yeah. Uh, I could see that happening again with um with with Nylander. But back to back to Marner for a second. I think that nine is probably the number in every day. That Sebastian Ajo is not signed, his number just keeps going up. Oh, sure. And I think I that tweet whatever... with dollar signs. Oh, yeah. For the S's, whenever yeah. I tweet about Ajo now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and with good reason. Um, you know, I, I think that the Hurricanes are going to do right by him. Oh, yeah. They, they can't afford not to. <laughs> and God help them if they don't. Um, but I do think that, you know, the. His agent uh, talked to Craig Custins at the Athletic earlier in an article I read right before I came in here, right. and basically said, "You know, we're not going to talk contract until after the season. Right. They know that they're fine with that. Um, every time, I mean, and, and nice of them to focus on the fact that oh, we want to focus on the playoffs. You know, ignoring for a second that every day that they don't talk contract, his price is going up. Sure. So and 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 Miko Rantanen, and I think they have the same agent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they do. they do. Uh, it was Braden Point, I think. No, Bra- no, Braden you're Point. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Braden it Point. is Braden Point. Um, Tom's not a dumb guy. Uh, he knows as well as anybody what's right. going on here, and he knows he's going to have to pony up to keep Sebastian here. They're going to do it. I think that whatever his number is probably going to check in a little bit below what Marner's does. What I'm really interested to see, though, is if Ajo's camp starts pushing for that shorter contract. I would. I would. If I oh, were absolutely. Oh, I yeah. would. Yeah. I would. I, yeah. And I think that if you're the Hurricanes, you deal with it. I think with the shorter term, you give him whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. You wait a year or or two years or maybe even a year, and you say, "Here's the C," because that that there's not going to be more than one. Yeah, Uh, once Justin William leaves, you hand the C to Mm Aho, and you say, "This is your team," because there's no guy in that room that wants to win as bad as Sebastian Aho, except for maybe Rod Brindamore. And I think, (laughs) and he can't be the captain anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that's why this franchise likes him so much. Is they look at him and they say, "There is not a." more determined to win mm-hmm. player. I mean, you the the game that stands out to me among every game this year is the game in New York against the Rangers when they lose 
six to one, right? Mm-hmm. They lose six one. You watch that third period. Sebastian Ajo is going through a wall to try to still get them back mm-hmm. in the game, and every night he's just he's on every. He doesn't have off games, even if he doesn't score. Like you know, against Pittsburgh, he doesn't score, but. Uh, Rod's matching him up against yeah. against top lines every mm-hmm. night on the road. I mean, even the, he managed to get him out there on the road against Sydney a lot. I yep. loved uh, uh, the home game against Buffalo where they threw oh. Ajo's line out there on Eichel and Skinner and they shut him down. Oh yeah, it was there was nothing. Yeah, nothing. It, so I mean, I think you just give him. I mean, <laughs> to be totally honest with you, with the way the Hurricanes are, I mean, I, I know this wouldn't ever happen, but the way they are, and they're not a cap team at this point, and. Tom says that they're, you know, they'll spend whatever they need to spend once they're ready to, mm-hmm. you know, really make a, you know, they're not going to be foolish about it. You know, you've seen the teams like Buffalo in the past has been foolish about, like, well, let's just throw money at problems. Kyle Oposo? Right, yeah, let's just throw money at problems. Vili Leno says right. hello. Yeah, <laughs> Vili Leno, Bogosian, whoever you want right. to say yeah. that got too much money in that push to just spend. But, I mean, if he if he wanted $12 million over eight years, I mean, that's ridiculous money, but... What he's worth to this franchise? Yeah, give it to him. yeah. I would, I would just say, you know what? Well, not twelve million. I, I'm not gonna get really. I, I would. I'd give him I whatever. So. I'd give him whatever he wants. I wouldn't think so. But if you start going out to eight years, and you're buying out UFA years. I could see it. Well, I mean, Austin Matthews just got more than eleven, and he had one UFA one year bought out. One UFA year bought out. I mean, you could hard line him and just say. No, we're going to qualify you. Here's your qualifying offer. You get you get ten percent more than no, what you look, made last year, and let somebody come at us with an and watch, art, and watch with the, a watch the buzzard circle. Yeah, I mean, I could see eighty over eight. Yeah, I could see eighty five over eight. Yeah, I mean, I, if, I have if, no problem with that. If it was eleven, but if, I think I actually think the number will be uh, the number will be be between nine and ten. I think so too. I, I think have, that's I've, fair. I, I started at about eight and a half. I'm now thinking he doesn't get less than nine and a quarter. Yeah, yeah it's an, it's. I mean, like I said, I think you know, money. Sorry, Tom. Money be damned. Sell your stock in Carvana or whatever, <laughs> so I don't have to look at that thing on 440 with the tower with the cars in it. That's not practical. Yes, but they're they're now a sponsor uh, of one of the in arena segments. Oh yeah, so, you know. But uh, keep that in mind. I think you just you pay the guy, yep. you give him the C, you say, Sebastian, it's your, it's this, your is, team this is your team, yeah. and we got you got your boy Tavo over here. Mm-hmm. Hey, we brought Saku Manalainen in for you. <laughs> you know, he's hey, a, I like him too. Oh yeah, he's great. So I mean, I think you know, sign up half the Finnish national team if you have. Yeah, to. Yeah, take the Swiss players. It. You don't even care. Just any. European player will uh will what's will what's Vesa Toskala up to these yeah, days? No. <laughs> what's Arthur's Urbe up to? <laughs> no, that's Latvian. He's Latvian. Is <laughs> not Finnish? No, no. I was just making a Europe, oh. a European, oh, any oh, European okay. player. We have well, well in, that, in that case, we can call what Tomas Cavill is doing <laughs> these days. All right, this was fun. This yes. was fun. Corey Lavillette, we we you, I got you in. Uh, Brian LeBlanc, talk too much. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're not. I am kidding. There's a, there's a grain of truth in every lie. No, well, th- th- well that's true. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So just stop there. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We'll do this again next week, and we'll have you guys back. Cool? Great. Thank well, you. that be good? Even me? Uh, at uh, at Kane's Country, at BD LeBlanc, at Corey Love. Do you have any, th- you have any other Twitters? No, at uh, NSJ, NSJ News. Sport, at yeah. NSJ News. There you Don't go. try to give people the wrong account. Jeez. <laughs> wow. It was dastardly. I know, right? All right. I See just you, need man. to shut thanks. up now. Bye, everyone. Bye. 
That's this week's Canes Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Canes coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Canes radio flagship, 99.9 The Fan. Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. 